thank you for tuning in to the Fires of Revival podcast. It is my prayer that you are helped by the weekly ministry conversations and expositional teachings through Key Bible Passages. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast. And now for the episode. I'm glad to be back again this week. I've been continuing in our series. Hopefully you've been following along. And if this is the first time you're listening and you're several episodes behind, I would challenge you to go back and listen to the last five or six episodes or so in a row. Really every one since the new year, so end of December, beginning January. Any of those after our last interview, I'm trying to think who it was, but whoever our last interview was, any episode after that will be from this series. And hopefully you've enjoyed it. I know I have. One of the things I love about it is it forces me to teach on topics that maybe... If I was just choosing what I'm speaking on every week, I probably wouldn't choose. Like last week, we talked about giving and how to give towards missions, and that's something that I wouldn't just randomly do a solo episode on, just because I just wouldn't. But going through a series like this book by Dr. from uh, Dr. Oswald J. Uh, Oswald J. Smith, it's forcing me to teach on topics that I might not necessarily teach on just on my own. Our series, the Roman Romans one, again having me preach and teach on things that I wouldn't probably just choose out of the blue, but it's what God would have us to look at. That's one of the reasons I love verse-by-verse series, book studies, because I'm not in charge of what is next. The book or the chapter or the verses dictate to me what I'm teaching this week and what I'm teaching the next week and the following weeks. And I love that because you can't accuse me of saying, well, I'm preaching on you know some hobby horse again and again, or I'm preaching on the thing you're wrestling with, although that may end up being the case. But we know that it's you know Lord laying a book or a chapter on my heart, and we're just following along in it. And then whatever comes as a result of that is of the Lord. So that's one of the reasons I love doing this. I enjoy it. Hopefully you have as well. I've grown a lot as a teacher through this. But if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We'll look here at verse 35 in just a minute. Well, in today's lesson from our book, The Challenge of Missions, the title of this lesson is Christ's Threefold Commission. So when Christ was on earth, he lived 33 years. The first 30 was a lowly carpenter, and then the last three was his ministry on earth. And I do think as a side note, that is a good uh, principle for us of preparing for 30 years and then ministering for three. And we see that with other lives as well, but just the ministry there, the pattern of preparing and then going out. But back to our lesson here, Christ's threefold commission. There's three things that Christ tells his disciples that are recorded in scripture for us that are commanded for me and for you to follow out. And Jesus' call to us is very simple. Three points, three things we're commissioned to do from Christ that we are called to carry out. Very simple points. They're not rocket science. It's not something that's just like, whoa, I didn't think about this. But it's just very basic, very simple, and it's what God would have us look at. And that's where our first point comes in. The first thing that Christ commissions us to do is find in John 4, and it's look. We find this in John chapter 4, verse 35, but the Bible says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So to give you the context of John chapter 4, Christ is not just speaking of a garden. He uses the example there of a harvest coming. And how that, you know, your, your wheat and different things like that have seasons where there's seeds in the ground and then they begin to sprout up. And then eventually that wheat or that plant or that, you know, thing you're growing in the garden, that vegetable is now at harvest time. It's ready to be picked and then ready to be prepared to be eaten. And he's using that same illustration, but for people, he's saying people, just like a garden that's ready to be picked, if you don't pick it, Soon enough, it is going to rot and it's going to die. He's saying, people here, we need to look to the harvest fields of the world. And he says, they're white already unto harvest. He's saying, people are ready to be saved. People are wanting to be saved, need to be saved. But all they can be saved is if someone who is saved goes to them and shares in the message of Jesus Christ. But the first commission that Christ gives us is to look, and not just to look anywhere, but to look to the harvest field, look to the lost, 
realize the need that there is in the world for people to be saved. Again, we must look at the open harvest, realize the need. I said it earlier, but the example looking at a garden or a crop and you see that there's vegetables, they're ready to be picked, they're just ripe, but if you wait too long, they'll become too ripe and they'll begin to rotten and then once they rot, they're of no use and they're gone and you just got to toss it out because the plant is already dead. And soul winning is the exact same thing. The field before us, those who are on this earth today are ready to be saved. They're ready to have the gospel given to them, but we have to go before they are gone, before they die, before their last breath on this earth has been breathed. One of the statements the author of this series makes, he says, this generation can only reach this generation. That's a pretty unique statement. This generation can only reach this generation. What he means by that, he doesn't mean that, you know, me as a young person in my 20s can't reach someone in their 60s or 50s or vice versa. He's not saying that. But what he is saying, but this in the context if you read the book yourself, is he's talking about the fact that I can only reach those who are on the earth right now. You know, I cannot go back in time and, you know, win someone to Christ from the 1800s and the 1900s. That time is gone. Only those who are alive on this earth during 2023 can I reach this year. And those who are alive right now are the only ones I can reach right now. And he's saying the reason we don't win souls to Christ oftentimes is because we wait and think, well, you know, and we begin to think of our excuses and we put, you know, excuse one, fill in the blank, excuse two, fill in the blank. But he said this generation can only reach this generation. And if you don't go out and reach the people that are lost now, no one is. And if you wait until it's too late, then it's too late. And he said, this generation can only reach this generation. Look at the need and then do something about it. And this doing something about it follows into our second point and the second commission, the call that Christ gives to us, and that is to pray. We find this in Matthew chapter 9. So if you can go there. Now, again, if you're, you know, busy, you're driving or something, don't pull in your Bible, don't turn in your Bible. That would not be good. But those who are able to, some of you I know can. In Matthew 9, we'll look here at verses 37 and 38. Two verses here for us. And again, this is Christ speaking. He's talking about uh, soul winning, winning people to Christ. And he's continuing here on the same thought of like a harvest of a garden. And he says this, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So something unique about Christ's three years of ministry, that's in the Gospels here, is Christ was a man of prayer. He uh, prayed to his Father all the time. He'd get up early. And it would mention that he would get up before daybreak and he would spend time talking to the Lord and talking to his Heavenly Father. And he taught his disciples, taught people how to pray. We see him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he is to be crucified. And prayer is one of the key thrusts, the key emphasis of Christ's ministry. Well, all of his teaching of prayer and praying and talking about it, he only gives one prayer request for us. I think that's something unique. And I think if he only gives us one, he's trying to say that this one prayer request is pretty important. It's the request that we just read, verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He says the one thing we ought to be praying for is for laborers. Praying for people to go out into the world and to win people to Christ. Now oftentimes when we pray this prayer, we'll find that God will oftentimes send us. Is you'll be praying, asking God to reach someone, and he'll say, you know what, I want you to be the one to reach that person. And you're praying, saying, God, why don't you send someone here? And oftentimes he'll send us to go there. Or he'll send someone we know to go there. And in the book, the author of this series makes a statement. He said, the solution to evangelism or missions is not more money or missionaries, but more prayer. He said, the reason we don't see the world saved today is because we're not praying for them. We're not taking Christ's one prayer request seriously and spending time actually asking God to work and to save those who are lost. And he said, we think we'll just throw more money at it. And money's great because without money, the missionaries cannot go. And, you know, having more missionaries, that's a good thing as well. Again, if no missionaries, no one's going to go. But he said, we need more prayer, not more money or missionaries, but prayer. And we'll find is when we pray more, 
God will then get the more money and missionaries that he needs. And I think a lot of times we make the byproduct the goal. We make the money and the missionaries the goal. When God is saying, make the prayer the goal, and then as a result of praying for laborers, I'll send the money to send the laborers, and I'll send the laborers to go on top of that. And when we pray, the Lord will send the right laborers to the right people. You know, God wants certain people to win certain people to Christ, and obviously he wants the world saved and all of us to take a part in that. But what I mean by that is this. God may not call you to go to Australia to win the lost, but he may send somebody else. And when you're praying for the lost, God may send that person that needs to go to Australia. Let's say you're praying for the continent of Africa. God might not necessarily send you to Africa. Now, he may, and you're the answer to that prayer. But he might send somebody else to go to Africa to begin winning souls to Christ. And when we pray, the Lord will send the right laborers to the right people, to the right place, to the right time. And it all comes together when we pray. Because we can only do so much. The Bible says that for without me, this is the Heavenly Father speaking, for without me, ye can do nothing. Without God, we can't do anything. You know, I can share the good news to people. I'm, you know, I can tell them how to be saved, but I can't do the saving. You can't do the saving either. The only thing can do the saving is the Holy Spirit convicting the heart of the sinner and then the, Jesus Christ saving them when they ask him to come into their hearts. And again, we're just like the errand boy. We're delivering the news saying, here's the message, here is this. And when we pray, we're saying, Lord, I can't do it. Lord, I need you to work. I need you to save the soul because I can. I can tell them about you, tell them, you know, you love them and you care for them so much that you sent Jesus Christ to die for them. But I cannot ultimately go out and just save someone and snap a finger and send them to heaven. That's, I can't do that. But when we pray, we can let the Lord work the way the Lord wants us to work. And our last point this morning, evening, whenever it is that you listen, is this one word, go. So we have look, pray, and then lastly go. And we find this in the book of Matthew again. But we'll go to the end of the book, Matthew 28. And we'll look here at verse number 19. And Matthew 28, 19 says this. This is Christ. He's giving the great commission we all know. His last words before he goes off to heaven. And in verse 19, the Bible says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. But I love the opening three words, Go ye therefore. God is saying, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you do, but you need to go. God calls some of us to be teachers, some of us to be, you know, fill in the blank the occupation that it is. But ultimately, no matter what we're called, we're called to go. If you're a teacher, God wants you to give the gospel to the students that you have in your class. If you work in a factory, God wants you to give the good news to go in the factory that you're employed at. If you're a college student, God wants you to win the college students that you come in contact with to Christ. If you work at a restaurant, God wants you to win the employees to Christ and to give the gospel to them. And he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And I love that ending. God is saying, go, but while you're going, I'm with you. I'm there with you. The Holy Spirit's living inside of you. The Christ is living inside of you. The Holy Spirit's taking up residence. We're here to help you. And when you go, yes, you may be on your own outwardly, but inwardly, I'm there with you. I'm giving you the strength you need, the boldness you need. I'm convicting their heart, doing a work that you can't do, that only the Holy Spirit can do. But for that to happen, we have to go. In the book of Revelation chapter 7, it talks about that every tribe, every tongue, there's going to be representatives from them in heaven. And for them to make it, we have to give them the gospel. Every tribe and tongue isn't going to make it if we don't go to every tribe and every tongue. And that may happen by God sending you. That may happen by you praying for missionaries overseas, praying that God will send others where you cannot go yourself. And when we spend time praying, looking, looking, praying, and then going, the work of evangelism can be carried out. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we'll finish with this passage here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 
And we'll look here at verse 16 very quickly. Because Paul makes a phrase. He's writing to the church of Corinth. And there's a little phrase he says, sticks in here in verse 16. He says, To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But I love that opening phrase, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. He's saying, look, my goal as a preacher is to go <coughs> to you guys to preach the gospel there in Corinth, but also the regions beyond, the places you can't reach, the places that are without, that are outside of your reach. I want to go there, and I want to give the good news to those people. And that should be our goal as well, whether God sends us directly, and we all should be willing or if God sends a friend, or he sends somebody else. But regardless, we should be praying for those. And sometimes in our prayer, God may answer it by sending us. Other times he may answer it by sending someone else. But we must be praying and then also going. So the question is this, what are you doing to reach the world? Uh, Mark 16, 15, the Bible says, Go ye therefore, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God tells us to go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that happens when we go. The book of Proverbs says, He that winneth souls is wise. Those who point others to Jesus, those who are giving the gospel, the Bible says you're a wise man, you're a wise person. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be a simple person. I want to be a wise person. I want to be wise. We've got to share the good news of Jesus Christ to others. So here's another thing for you. Win souls and lay up treasure in heaven. Last week we looked at the fact that when we give to missions, when we give to the church work, that we are giving for an eternal work that lays up treasures in heaven. But why not lay up some more treasure by going and giving the gospel to someone yourself? and sharing the good news and following this threefold commission from Christ of looking at the need, realizing how great it is, and then following that up by praying, asking God to work, asking God to change lives, change hearts, change your heart as you go out and give the gospel. And then lastly, going yourself and giving out tracts, going yourself and asking people about Christ and pointing others to Jesus and saying, look, if you don't trust Christ, unfortunately you are going to go to hell. You have to accept Christ so that you can have the message of salvation and go to heaven when you die. So God commands us to be soul winners, and to be soul winners, I recommend following this message, following this path, these three points. Uh, Dr. Smith uh, lays it out for us very simply, and it worked for him. It's in the scripture. It worked for everyone else, and I believe it can work for you and work for me if we apply this threefold commission from Christ of simply looking, praying, and then going. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the technology allowing us to record this broadcast. I pray that you just use this episode, this recording, to make a difference. Convict each of our hearts, Father, about this simple issue of looking, praying, and going as we share the good news of Jesus Christ to others. We ask all these things in your Son's name. Amen.